0: Realizing I wasn't alone was something really important for me. That I wasn't that this wasn't a weakness. That I wasn't the only person. For me, my uh, about twenty five percent of all people with mental health will have it onset between the ages of eighteen and twenty four. It was and especially beginning at college. I went away to college for the first time. I was a mess, and I remember my first week being on the phone with my parents, just crying hysterically. I was so depressed. I was so scared. And my dad and saying to my dad, I'm the only one like this. That I don't see anybody else you know, who's in their room crying. He's like, of course you don't. They're all in their room crying. <laughs> and I remember and it was a very poignant memory. And three years later, my sister went to my school and I grabbed her and I started walking her around. It was before anybody had had a chance to retreat to their room during freshman orientation. I said, I want you to look at something because I know this is going to be you later that kid crying you see that kid crying you see that kid being led away it's not just you and realizing that it's not just you and that prominent voices also suffer i think is something that can be important but people also have to know when it comes to mental health that it's average people people just like them one in five americans uh, and i imagine it's a pretty similar number across the world suffer from mental illness one in two will over the course of their life at some point people have to realize that it's so much more than just them, that they aren't alone and that they can and probably will overcome whatever they're going through. Welcome to the gratitude podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, Jordan
1: Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to this interesting and different episode of the Gratitude Podcast because today we have a politician here, state representative in Pennsylvania, an author, and uh, depression anxiety suffer going on 16 years strong. He has dedicated his career, both in and outside politics, towards shattering the stigma that surrounds mental illness. His name is Mike Schlossberg. Uh, I might have uh, pronounced it. In no, the you, got it. Way. you got it. You got it.
0: That's 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 a kick too to actually get it right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, Mike, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. We had a really cool pre-chat, and I'm really. Uh, happy that we got together to talk because I, I think you're doing some amazing things, well, and thank you. Uh, um, the way you do things are, is is quite refreshing for me. Like um, the perspective that that you gave me is uh, really beautiful. And well, thank you. I'm really happy to to have you here. So uh, let our audience know a little bit about you and what you're doing, and uh, we'll take it from there.
0: Sure. And th- first of all, thank you very much for having me. This this is an interesting one. I've never quite been on been on a podcast or done an interview that focuses very specifically on gratitude. And I think that's something that can be a struggle if you suffer from some sort of mental illness, but that makes it all the more important to try to find and hold on to. Um, so again, thanks for having me. My name is Mike Schlossberg. Um, the brief background is I am a Pennsylvania State Representative for the, foreign, for the non-American listeners who are listening. I basically represent about 65,000 people in the eastern part of Pennsylvania, which is located in the eastern United States. I represent the city of Allentown, one of the largest cities in the state, on a little bit of a township next door. So that's my full-time job. What I do on the side when I have time, and I haven't slept since like mid to late 90s or so, is write. Um, a little background on that. As you said, I've had anxiety, you know, clinical depression, anxiety-related issues for 17, 17 years now, probably longer. That's just how long I've been diagnosed, about half my life at this point. Um, I see a therapist as needed. I take medication. And starting about three years ago, I started really talking about it on a regular basis as part of this desire to try to get more people into therapy and have them better recognize their own illness and try to break some of the stigma that surrounds mental health. As part of that, in about 2015 or so, I was having a low point at work. My wife was struggling at work. And I made. I realized I needed more than just therapy or medication. I started thinking about writing again. And I've I've written before. I published a book a few years ago called Tweets and Consequences, of a nonfiction book about politicians who ruin their careers on social media. Everything I said is now wrong because everything I said not to do, the president of the United States does on a daily basis. Totally different. But so I I, and writing, even though it it was nonfiction, it was something that I really enjoyed. And I started thinking to myself, maybe I should write again. Maybe that'll be a good outlet for me, a good therapy. And I remembered this goofy idea I had when I first started writing when I was about 20 years ago, doing something along the lines of, you know, kids wind up in a spaceship for no reason, and they're not sure why. And it was just like the very breadcrumb of an idea. But I started thinking about that and thought, you know, there's a real opportunity there to make an interesting plot if you add a few other elements, fold in some mental health challenges because it's what I was become very loud about. It's arguably the the calling card of my political career, and maybe I've got something interesting. So, I wound up writing uh, the book. is called Redemption. It comes out on June the 5th, and it's specifically about the the one sentence summary is depression, anxiety, and the end of the world. And it features 20. 20 young adults, age 16 to 20, who wind up on a spaceship with no idea why. And as the book unfolds, they realize they have to save the world from a plague that's currently ravaging its way through Earth. And that's the overall plot. But I think the core of the book is about overcoming mental illness, depression, overcoming anxiety, and overcoming the struggles that every one of the characters face with a particular emphasis. And the book follows around a character named Ash. He's the main character who has clinical depression, anxiety that's kind of destroyed his life. And it's about his journey Not over and not to defeat mental illness, because I don't think that's a thing, but through it and how he learns, tries to learn how to live with it and how to accept who he is and the struggles he's always going to face.
1: Wow. I I love the idea of uh, getting ideas through to people in in an artistic way, like uh, in a way that captures you, like in a story like this one. Something that is it's interesting, and uh, from the other side, having to to read something that's entertaining, but it's so it's both like really helpful. It's not just entertaining. For instance, in in Romanian, uh, we have um, this word for entertainment. Uh, the word for entertainment is uh, distracție. It's distraction. Yeah. Distract yourself from other things. Right and, in
0: circuses.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I think this is a beautiful way of uh, being distracted, entertained, um, but also learning and developing yourself. And mm. I, I think it, it's a really good idea. Oh, so, thank
0: you. That, and that, that was the attempt. It's, you know, I think anybody can read it, but I think anybody who's had any sort of experience, either personal or family with mental health, will, will understand it on a different level. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I was going for there.
1: Yeah. So I I have a curiosity and I Mm -hmm. am sure that our listeners, um, might have this curiosity as well. So you seem like a pretty happy guy, (laughs) like really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So how does this work together? Like how, how can you be uh, like this, like really happy and also uh, suffer from anxiety and depression? And uh, I think I think this, this can be very useful for, for other people that might be in, in a similar situation.
0: That's, and that is a great question. And it's one that I've definitely gotten before. I think every sufferer has a different answer. I always get a kid, you know, I've met, I've certainly met other politicians now who also, you know, kind of happy group areas, but also have suffered some sort of mental illness. Um, I think the answer is it sort of exists on dual tracks. It's the human mind doesn't work in a simple, ordered, and logical way. It sort of runs, you can experience multiple feelings at the same time, love and hate, uh, fear and joy. And I think you can experience happiness and sadness at the same time i also think how you express yourself outwardly isn't necessarily reflective of who you are inside now i'm really lucky my depression and my depression and anxiety are both by and large under control they certainly spike at moments by and large i'm in a pretty good place right now but it also bounces up and down in certain situations like as a politician i've been in elected office in some form for like for nine years now and I've done book interviews before, this is, we're we're talking about a subject that I've done before that I'm used to, I'm comfortable, this is easy for me, this isn't a thing, this is fun, but that's not to say that if you put me in a situation that's brand new, that I'm not automatically going to feel like the walls are completely closing in, either in terms of anxiety or depression, and it's very situational in that regard as well, This this is nothing for me, and again, this is something I really enjoy, and I appreciate the opportunity, but in a different situation i know i feel
1: spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping cooking and cleaning up after each meal stress-free eating is just one click away this spring factors delicious meals range from calorie smart keto protein plus to vegan and veggie and they're ready in just two minutes Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com slash gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com slash gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: And I suspect that other listeners know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Mm -hmm. I I do too, I do too. But uh, how can we tell, for instance, like I, I think that Everyone uh, has some kinds of some kinds of uh, anxious feelings or mm-hmm. uh, they can get depressed at times. Um, how can we tell if if it's actually a, a problem that we should look into or we should find solutions yeah. to?
0: And there are official diagnostic criteria. The best way that I every, you're right. Of course, everybody gets scared. Everybody gets scared. <laughs> everybody gets sad. But it comes down to, I think, when somebody gets so sad for an extended period of time that they have difficulty functioning, that they can't get through their day, that they need to go home repeatedly. And again, that's not to say that somebody isn't going to have that challenge at some point in their lives. But if it happens to you over an extended period of time, if it interferes with your functioning, if you can't get through your day, then it's time to seek professional help. I think that's where the line is, where it interferes with your functioning.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i agree like when you can do the things that you uh need to do or you want to do yeah that 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 is indeed a problem but yeah i think um in in my opinion uh we get to that point or yeah we might have uh this kind of situation since we were a child that's another possibility indeed um, yeah. But I think that we can do things to to make sure that we don't get to that point, or if we are in that point, uh, we can get uh, better, and we can find more more happiness. And this, of course, I believe that we can do uh, with and through gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what has been your experience with gratitude?
0: It keeps it keeps you grounded. And and like I said, when we were talking before this, this is appropriate because that's something I force myself to try to look at in some of my more down moments. Because the truth is that depression is such a funny thing. I mean, when I compare myself to others and think of all that I should be grateful for, you really get hard on yourself. And you wonder, how on earth can I feel this way, given everything that I have? I am so lucky. I have... I have a wonderful full-time job. I can write on the side. I'm lucky enough that some people want to read and hear what I have to say. I'm married. I have two wonderful kids. I'm in good physical health. And I try to make myself be grateful for all that I have. But that's where it can also be a problem. Because when you say to yourself, how on earth can I feel depressed and struggle to get through the day sometimes when there are so many people that have it so much worse gratitude sort of turns into a double-edged sword and that's a real challenge i think for anybody who tries to use gratitude as i do as a coping mechanism for depression
1: yeah i totally agree because when we uh, try to enforce it like this like the idea of you should be grateful because mm-hmm. all of those amazing things are are happening in your life i don't think it works that way like you can't force it you can you can try to um to use different techniques that that work um but to to force it like this, it might go to to the other uh to the other edge of the sword yeah. as you were saying to to feel guilty that you you're blessed and others aren't, or that you even though you're blessed you're you're not appreciating what you have as much as you should do. And I think this is a, this is a problem that, um, that has to do with education, like with how parents, uh, educate us or, uh, us as parents might educate our kids. Um, because if we, if we want to force it upon, upon, uh, children, I I don't really think it works. Like, it's best to, to have an example, a positive example of someone that is grateful and of us being grateful. I think this is the best way to learn, to, to see other people that are living with yeah. gratitude. And also, there are, of course, all kinds of techniques. And uh, I think like w- one of those is um, actually, <laughs> it's counterintuitive, uh, but it's uh, looking at things that are worse. And uh, getting perspective, yeah. like, like I, I don't know if you've uh, read uh, *Man's Search for Meaning* uh, no. from uh, Viktor Frankl. Yeah, it's 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 a great book, and uh, I definitely recommend it. It's about uh, an Austrian um, uh, psychiatrist, I think, uh, that has been in the um, concentration camps in the World War, mm-hmm. and uh, he he talks a lot about what was going on on the inside when he was in those uh uh situations and just reading that and understanding uh the situation in which we are and getting that perspective that that is 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 a very powerful way of uh, getting gratitude and uh, seeing our life in, in a different way. But I totally agree that forcing it like this can, can really have a, a negative impact rather than a positive one.
0: Sounds like an interesting book, especially gratitude talking about somebody who was a Holocaust survivor.
1: Yeah. He wasn't actually talking uh, about uh, gratitude, but the fact that we, uh, we can see when we when we read the book we can see the perspective of what life was for him for another person and how life is for us it's it's really that that perspective that makes us feel grateful really mm-hmm. easily and see that we are in a much better situation and it is thanks to people like him that uh made some sacrifices during that uh period in time but mm-hmm. um so let's, let's get a little bit back to, uh, to, to gratitude and your own experience with, uh, with gratitude. Like um, if you could go back in time, let's say uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, what would you tell your younger self about gratitude?
0: Part of depression, especially when either untreated or before you get treatment, is your ways of thinking get completely broken. You drive yourself into these spirals of terrible negative thoughts about how worthless you are and how everything is terrible and nobody really loves you and all of that. So you just sort of spiral down and down and down. If I could have, I would have gone back and said to myself, there is so much in your life to be genuinely grateful for and to also try to gain some comparative perspective. I, as a kid, and I've said this repeatedly, you know, I, I represent a good chunk of my constituents are impoverished or they don't have access to healthcare that they need, that they deserve, that I do, that my wife and my family does. I would have said to myself, what you're going through is okay. You don't have to feel guilty about it. But compared to the situation that so many others find themselves in, be grateful for all that you have. And for the opportunity to get better and be grateful for the struggles. Uh, I wrote Redemption during one of the most depressed periods of my adult life. And it made me a better representative. It made me a better person, I think. I, as a result of my depression and coming out with it, have been able to make a much more positive impact on the lives of my constituents than I would have if I didn't. So I would say to myself, Find gratitude in the struggle and be grateful for the experiences because as much pain as they will bring, as much heartache as they will bring, it will make you a better person and don't run away from those struggles.
1: Hmm. This this is really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that it will reach the people that it, need, yeah. it needs to, to reach because... Um, I I always like to 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 ask this question because it's it's a way of I uh, never thought of it that out, way that was interesting. Yeah, it's a way of handing out knowledge like mm-hmm. what what I I would advise people to do so they won't make let's say quote unquote my mistakes. Yeah. Um but it, we don't need to to do that to like uh make sure that nobody makes any mistakes but they can improve faster thanks to our experience and I think this is this is quite great but uh, I think another another important part of what you just said is that writing was very helpful for you <clears throat> uh, and it's an interesting way of uh, of uh, making sense of the situation and of um, getting to gratitude because in the in the creative process you you get to express your feelings right like mm-hmm. how does it work for you
0: uh, i put a lot of myself into the main character i put a lot of my wife into the main female character but i tried to also I guess in a sense, the book did indirectly answer that last question because I tried to go backwards. Remember where I was at the start of this journey? The main character is 20 years old. I'm 35 now. And I tried to have him learn some of the lessons that I'm still trying to learn
1: today. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal.
0: So I used the book, hopefully, to impart some knowledge onto its readers and more than anything else to show people that they weren't alone. And then it it was interesting, too, because as I wrote it, you know, obviously, life continues to go up and down. I would try to remind myself of the lessons that the character learned, which are, in reality, lessons that I think I and others in my situation have learned. So I tried to use it that way.
1: Hmm. I I love it. I, I think it's it's a great way of doing this and I hope I'm hoping that maybe uh it will inspire some of our our listeners either to to write themselves and to find a creative way of expressing. Yeah. Um or of course to to read your book and to see <clears throat> uh to go through the journey and in the journey with you. For instance, uh, for sure. I I have uh um I've done this myself like uh, a few years ago I was writing lyrics poetry Mm -hmm. um, and that was really helpful in expressing my feelings and in not getting stuck in them and that was uh, something that I I just remembered when we were talking yeah but um, I think another uh, part about what you what, what you were saying is is really interesting so like you, there are many people that seem to have like the perfect life on, on the exterior and they, they should be happy and they shouldn't be unhappy at all or they shouldn't be depressed. In or, theory. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but they are. And uh, why do you think uh, that that is? And what, what can we do about it?
0: Part of it again the human mind is fascinating i think part of depression we know that depression mental illness in general has a very strong genetic biological component um it enables some people to live the most miserable life in the world and still be happy and it makes some people who have theoretically perfect lives still leak pain every single day so we know biology has a strong component to it i also think you know you've got a lot of like overachiever type a personalities people want like me who will seem very happy from the outside because that's how they have to do. And again, by and large, I am pretty happy and pretty lucky, but they'll feel that pain on a regular basis and are just better able to hide it. Now that pain can come from any number of sources, past trauma, difficult family upbringing, um, bullying. And I, I worry, I really worry about today's youth um, because of these, because of because of technology and are overdependence on it and social media. something I write a lot about uh, on my blog and the, the fact that there's so much pain in this world and thanks to social media and technology, we're all so much better connected to it. Um, so that's, I worry about that. And I say that I think all of those things are really going to give a big rise to an increase in mental health challenges and all of us are going to have to better learn resilience, and be better able to give people the help that they need.
1: Yeah. I think that the, today, like so many people are in this situation, uh, living the, the lives, like the perfect lives and struggling on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be really hard to uh, to find someone to talk to about this because yeah. you uh, because of this attitude again like you should be grateful you should be happy with your life and um i'm hoping that one of the things that uh, the, this podcast is is doing is actually helping people see that they're not alone and uh, they're not yeah. struggling not not the only one struggling with this and um that it's actually something Normal, like something that uh, other people struggle with, and that can that can uh, have solutions. Like it's it's something that uh, is fixable and is mm-hmm. um, it can get better and better.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's realizing realizing I wasn't alone was something really important for me that I wasn't, that this wasn't a weakness, that I wasn't the only person. For me, my, uh, about 25% of all people with mental health will have it onset between the ages of 18 and 24, It was, and especially beginning at college. I went away to college for the first time, I was a mess. And I remember my first week being on the phone with my parents, just crying hysterically. I was so depressed, I was so scared. And my dad, and saying to my dad, I'm the only one like this. That I don't see anybody else you know, who's in their room crying. He's like, of course you don't. They're all in their room crying. <laughs> and I remember, and it was a very poignant memory. And three years later, my sister went to my school and I grabbed her and I started walking her around. It was before anybody had had a chance to retreat to their room during freshman orientation. I said, I want you to look at something because I know this is going to be you later that kid crying you see that kid crying you see that kid being led away it's not just you and realizing that it's not just you and that prominent voices also suffer i think is something that can be important but people also have to know when it comes to mental health that it's average people people just like them one in five americans uh, and i imagine it's a pretty similar number across the world suffer from mental illness one in two will over the course of their life at some point people have to realize that it's so much more than just them, that they aren't alone and that they can and probably will overcome whatever they're going through.
1: Exactly. And, of course, if they acknowledge it and if they do something about it, because I, I was thinking about, uh, I'm not sure if you know about Avicii, uh, the famous DJ, Avicii. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah. He, he he completed suicide recently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And he's he's about my age, and uh, it was really I I'm not sure if 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 it was suicide. Like I I think it's it's just rumors uh, okay. at this point because uh, his family didn't uh, say that it it is right. finally. I'm sure that it wouldn't be easy for them to say that it was. But however, um, mm-hmm. the thing is that even though he's like hugely successful uh he was <laughs> hugely successful and everything seemed to be perfect from the outside when you put yourself in his shoes and understand his situation and um his in- internal struggle uh you might get to understand better how how it might have been for him and we we always look at other people and we we think that they have the perfect life and everything is great on the outside and on the inside as well, and we we feel that about ourselves. And this is this is what I wanted to to get to. Like um, we all have these kinds of struggles, and I believe even the the greatest uh, the greatest people on earth have them. And the power lies in in inside of us, like in what we do about them, in, in how we choose to 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 do things and to move forward and I think you're a great example of this as well like thanks with write, writing the book and uh, sharing this perspective uh, and your your own struggle I think this is this is quite amazing
0: no thank you it's it, it's what I found helping other people to be very therapeutic I mean there's and I I will also add this there's a very bad tendency. If you have some sort of mental illness, you get so inwardly focused. All you can focus on is your own pain and your own feelings. And then you ruminate. And then that just, again, you, you cycle down. The more you can focus on other people when you're depressed, as difficult as it is, the better you'll be. You need to try to change your focus and you need to force yourself to think in different and maybe uncomfortable ways. And that's something that was really helpful to me. And that's, I think, why channeling my energy into redemption was something that was really helpful to me and hopefully helpful to other people as well, that
1: mm. this is a really good tip actually. And really practical. Like mm-hmm. if we are in a situation when, when we feel uh, anxious or depressed or um, we we're just in a, in a bad place, we can try to get out of ourselves and our mind and our head and look at other people and, uh, find ways of uh, helping, of doing mm-hmm. something for uh, for other people, maybe even yeah. for people that are in a similar situation uh, to ours. And mm-hmm. we can do simple things, I think, like, like... even just meet someone or smile or, yeah. I don't know, do something simple. But uh, it can be quite a lot for them right
0: well it's there's actually studies that show that if you go volunteering it can make you feel better just Mm -hmm. like volunteering at a local soup kitchen or something like that that can actually improve your mood and help alleviate depression so serving other people doing something to get you out of your own head that's great and that's useful and necessary
1: spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping cooking and cleaning up after each meal Yeah, and I love uh, we we had the, a little talking uh, bef- before the the actual interview, and I love your perspective on uh, the politicians that you've been interacting sure. with, and it's yep. really refreshing. I, I was telling Mike that Mike that uh, we have kind of a, a big problem with corruption here mm-hmm. in Romania, and we laughed at our president. Cheers, America! <laughs> and uh, and Mike was was telling me that. Uh, the politicians that uh, he knows and uh, i also told him that he's like i can feel that he has, has a good heart and uh, great intentions okay. and um the, the politicians that he knows they are actually in it for for the people and for yep. making a difference and i think it this is really amazing and when you talk when you think about gratitude like there are people that this is what they do. Like they have your best interest at at Mm -hmm. mind and at heart. And I think this is quite an amazing thing of uh, our modern society to have people that think um, about the, like the bigger picture of what's going on and they're doing their best to, to help improve everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I say, I, I've been, I've, it's been a. an experience for which I'm actually grateful so far to see that the vast majority of people, even those who I really disagree with, I look at them, I go, okay, I know what you're doing and why I disagree with you totally, but I know you're trying to do what you think to be the right thing. And that's, that's a relief. That really is to know that though I disagree with them on everything in some cases that their intentions are good. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, Uh, I'm also like I'm really grateful for our mayor for instance that he I know that he's doing like lots of amazing things to make this city uh, really better and better and solve all all of the problems that that we have and it's pretty amazing that honestly it's it's kind of cool that I don't have to do anything almost like (laughs) uh, but the the cool thing is that he's open for communication as well and Mm -hmm this is like a really good balance and I'm seeing things happening and um, yeah, I'm really grateful even though like it's for everyone. But if I'm like thinking about myself, I am benefiting from that as well as personally and that, that is really beautiful. So, by the way, what are you doing, like, a, like as a state representative? Like, I'm really curious to...
0: So, well, biggest, I mean, everybody, there's so much that you can do. The two biggest things that I talk about as a state representative are education and mental health. The personal connection with mental health at this point is obvious. Um, I have really concentrated my legislative efforts on a few pieces of legislation that are anti-suicide, um, trying to help college kids who get access to mental health care, as well as first responders. We know that Here, our police, our firemen, our EMSs, those who deal in the uh, coroner's office, really suffer from a lot of trauma and are at a much greater risk of, unfortunately, attempting or completing suicide. We want to make sure they get all the help that they need. I've got a bill I'm working on with a Republican member of the other party to try to make it easier For mothers who are in the state's early intervention program, that's a program for poor or at-risk mothers to get screened and then treated for postpartum depression, a major, major problem among new mothers. Um, Education is is another one. That's a broader one here, but I live in and represent a very poor urban school district. The school funding system in Pennsylvania is just horrifically broken. And I'm trying to work to not only put more money into it, but to make it more fair and make it so that my kids get same great education as and have the access to all the same resources as the kids in the wealthier school districts next door. And there's I, I could go on four days about the things that I'm working on, but in a nutshell, those are the two big ones that I talk about the most.
1: Mm, I love it. And another mm. thing that you said before uh going live that I that I thought was amazing is that um the people that you serve aren't uh like the number of them isn't too big yeah. for you to not be able to to uh interact with them personally quite a lot and i think yeah. this is this is awesome like yeah, the fact that you you care so much and you want to be with uh, with the people there and to know their problems and their struggles and um, and another thing that I wanted to mention that I think is, is very important about what you just said about postpartum uh, mm-hmm. depression is yep. that these things influence like generations. Like for instance, you if you if you uh, if you as a child, like in my case, let's say, uh, if my mom would suffer or would have suffered from postpartum depression. I, as a child, would be influenced by that, and I would have maybe some traumas or some uh some kinds of issues that have to do with the fact that she went through that and getting help on that like uh really deep level um i think can help can have a really big impact uh in like many many years to come and I think this is amazing of course, like education like thats yeah. It's hugely, hugely important. And I, I can totally relate to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big, it's a big, Pennsylvania has one of the biggest gaps in the country uh, between the richest and the poorest school district. And I represent one of the poorest school districts in in the entire state. So that's, that's a big one here. And and on the postpartum part, you totally hit the nail on the head. I mean, postpartum depression affects every generation involved, including especially the mother and the child. And we want to make sure that we're giving both of them the life they deserve.
1: This is wonderful. Okay, so uh, we're nearing the end of our time together. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, who are you grateful for in your life right now?
0: Uh, a lot. But I mean, the the first two are the obvious ones. My wife, her name's Brenna. She's wonderful. She puts up with me. Um, and she's <laughs> helped me through countless dark spells. Um, I have a seven-year-old named Oren and a little boy and a five-year-old little girl named Ayla. Um, and like any... Like any good dad, I, I, which I think I am, they are the light of my lives. Um, and I'm lucky. I have My parents are here. Uh, my in-laws are here. They're in relatively good health. I love my in-laws like I love my parents. I have wonderful staff that keeps my head on straight. Um, and con- my constituents, people who have continuously said, we're going to send you back and let you keep representing us. And I had, a pretty, I had somebody run against me pretty hard in the last election. and I won more than two to one. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve them. And I hope to be deserving of the faith that they've placed in me. So hmm. that's it in a nutshell. Big wow. nutshell.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and I love that. And I think that that says quite a lot about you and the fact that they keep re-electing you and yeah. they they keep believing in, in you and in in your work and I think this is really beautiful. So um in the end let, let us know a little bit about your book when sure. uh when it will go out yeah. where where we can we find it and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely and, and I can send you a link too maybe if you can if if you can put it in the description that's perfect. Um, and if not, again the name is redemption. My name is Mike Schlossberg you can search for it on Amazon or just Google it. Um, it is available on June 5th. You can pre-order it now uh, and it'll be available. It's for $4, dollars three It'll be $6 once it comes out on electronic format. Not sure about the print format yet, but you can get it on Amazon. And again, uh, Redemption is a book about depression anxiety and saving the world. And I think it's an interesting read, no matter what you suffer from or what your interests are.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. By the way, how much time did it take you to, to write it?
0: It took... That's a good question. I'm going to say about nine months or so to write it, another nine months to edit it, and then another year plus to go through the edit to to get it to find a publisher and then go through their editing process. So it was this was a three year journey that'll be coming to fruition in about uh, two a little more right now a little more than two weeks. So I'm too, I I can't wait to see it and to actually you know to, to hold a printed copy of it. It's, it's like a baby. So mm. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah and I know it's it's a quite a long process and uh, that, yeah. that that that's why I ask because it's like we value things more if we understand how much work and how much passion it it, it was yeah. put in it uh, and in them yeah I love that a lot Okay of work. so um go find the book um and I think like if you want to read fiction uh, you can read a, a kind of fiction that is actually helpful and it's actually healing and i think this is a brilliant idea like for for the type of person that i am this is like the perfect perfect combination of a book and uh, i love that very much so well, thank, thank you. you thank you so much mike for for being here with us for sharing so many amazing insights and for sharing your passion and your enthusiasm with us. Well,
0: then thank you for the opportunity and thank you for your work at helping people try to find the good in their lives. I appreciate it very much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast.
1: Help us reach our goal of inspiring 100,000
0: people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones, with your Facebook friends. And if you loved this episode, please write a review on iTunes.